episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected is brought to you by Bridgeside Medical Clinic, Chesapeake Integrated Behavioral Healthcare, and Edgar Casey's ARE. Now more than ever, we have an opportunity to be a positive force in the world, to help heal the divide, to treat each other and ourselves with respect. But with so many tools out there, from meditation to physical training, proper nutrition, therapy, and so many others, we all need a little help navigating all the options. Join us as we share in-depth information, insights, and thought-provoking discussions that will help answer your questions about how to stay calm, cool, and connected during these times. Welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected, your guidebook to peace of mind. Hello, and welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected. I'm your host, Dr. Elizabeth Bedrick. Intellectual giftedness is the term used to describe an individual who has a baseline intelligence that's higher than average. There's only about 5% of the population who identify as gifted, which means that many of these individuals are faced with challenges starting in childhood due to the general climate of our society being geared more towards the average population. Our next guest, Jennifer Harvey Salant, a psychologist and the founding director of Inner Gifted Coaching, is here to provide us with a better understanding of giftedness, as well as talk to us about her coaching program, which is specifically designed to support individuals through the challenges that come along with this. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome. Hi. Glad to be here. We're so glad to have you. Thank you for joining us. Tell us a bit about the work that you do and a little bit about your background before we jump in. Well, I rediscovered giftedness in my late 20s, and I remembered, oh, yeah, I was one of those gifted kids. And I thought, yeah, this there's something there that I should be paying attention to. So I started to dig into the literature and I realized, yeah, this explains a lot of the troubles I've had figuring out my adult life and relationships and work and everything else. And that led me down this path to re redesigning my, my work as a psychologist and a coach towards the gifted population because I realized that, wow, we do really need specialized support. And there was very little uh, available back then. So since then, I've developed, you know, uh, a community and coaching program and also also coach and therapist training for this specific issue. That's really neat. Tell us how you define or how is gifted defined? How how is somebody identified as gifted? You did well in your introduction. (laughs) describing it. It's the shorthand. Usually giftedness is the shorthand for intellectual giftedness. If you hear somebody say I'm gifted, usually they mean I'm intellectually gifted. There's other forms of giftedness as well. We know like musical giftedness or a sports, giftedness in sports and stuff, but that doesn't necessarily come along with the intellectual side. The intellectual side is really about high complexity. Actually, any giftedness is about complexity, but the intellectual giftedness is about high complexity. So it's usually like learning faster learning more information, and then learning the connections between that information a lot faster and more in depth. So you have people with yeah high complexity, high intellectual and mental complexity. And so I saw on your website that there's different assessments that you have. And I know when kids go through school, they get tested or gifted depending, you know, the programs that are available. What is being looked for? So when, when these assessments are taking place, what is the data that's being derived that's helping to determine if somebody is gifted? Well, in IQ testing, it's usually they're looking at like a processing speed, working memory, verbal comprehension. There's a whole sort of list of, of things that an IQ um, test is measuring. 
And it, yeah, it looks at the kind of mental complexity of a person and how quickly they go. What's interesting is, you know, there's no two gifted people that are the exact same. So you can have somebody that has really slow processing speed, but has a really high mental complexity. So they're going to kind of be one of those people that feel like, I think I'm gifted, but mm, there's part of me that kind of goes way slower. And so, yeah, it's not, there's never like, it's not a totally homogeneous group. Sure, sure. Not not so cut and dry. It can there yeah. as you're describing, there's the intricacies to it and for everybody's so unique. I imagine that ties into the challenges that I referenced in the introduction. What are some of these specific challenges that are faced for somebody who identifies as gifted? I mean, one of the main things is social, because not you know, not everybody's lucky enough to get tested in school and uh, not everybody that even gets tested is correctly identified because you can have forms of giftedness, like I said, that don't fall under the intellectual giftedness, but they do exist. So this kind of wide, wide um, range of, you know, gifted people often don't, they don't get identified. And so there's that problem of just not being identified again knowing you're different knowing sometimes you overwhelm people like it can be overwhelming them intellectually overwhelming them emotionally that kind of thing and just feeling like i know that i'm too much for people but i don't know why and so it helps a lot when gifted kids get in gifted education because then they're surrounded by people who you know think more similar to them and they don't, the other people don't seem so overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So or like my once, once a person's an, an adult, if they haven't been identified, a lot of times they're really struggling with the fallout of not having been identified and doing, a, having done a lot of masking, a lot of adaptation, a lot of caretaking sometimes, especially gifted women, you know, doing a lot of emotional caretaking and intellectual caretaking. And, and then they find themselves kind of living a life that doesn't feel true to them and doesn't feel like accurate for who they are. Um, and then they kind of have to go, they're, you know, they're on the lookout, like trying to find out what, why am I different and why does it keep not getting resolved and how can I fix that? So unless they come along and find the gifted world somehow, a lot of times they just struggle. Uh, sure. It explains the word and, and can name it. And the, um, gifted trauma is a term to describe, I'm sure a lot of those experiences, how would you define the term gifted trauma? Trauma can be thrown around, you know, we know it, it can, it can sort of be banalized a bit, but the reality is that, yeah, like if you really don't feel like you fit in year after year after year, that can become, you know, traumatic for yes. people, for most people, I think. Yes. And with giftedness, you know, you are a minority. The way your brain works is you're, you're just in a minority and so naturally you're going to struggle to find people around that, that, you know, that are like you, unless you just happen to be lucky, like I said, to be in gifted education or to grow up in a gifted family or something like that. So um, over time, it can be, you know, just that feeling of, of never fitting in, but then it can also be something more like offensive in terms of like bullying, being bullied for who you are, being shamed for how your mind works, being shamed for going so fast. You know, a lot of kids really hold themselves back, especially again, women, gifted women hold themselves, gifted girls hold themselves back in school so that they don't outshine their peers, so that they don't attract negative attention for being, you know, the goody, goody girls. Uh, So there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, forcing oneself to be different than one would like to be. And I know that's a part of life in general, but it can become really extreme and a coping mechanism. So it can, it can result in gifted trauma. And then other things that happen are like teachers can really bully 
gifted kids sometimes. And uh, you can have workplace issues once people are adults where they really don't get on in the workplace and they don't understand why, even though they're sure. Yeah. So yeah, it creates a lot of complications. And so your coaching program that you designed, I assume that's that comes in to help with some of these barriers, some of these challenges. Tell us a little bit about your program. So we have kind of an integrated program, which is like the community. We do assessments. We do gifted integration gifted integration coaching, which is like, you know, when a person's discovering, what does this mean for me? What do I do with it in my life? It's really coaching specific to that aspect. And then there's other kinds of coaching that are more specific to workplace. Let's say you, you're, you're struggling with your job, then we do kind of, you know, career coaching or relationships coaching, something kind of very specific to goals that you have that you want to, you know, goals or problems that you have that you want to resolve or, or pursue. And, and we have, what else do we have? Oh, yeah, we have courses and, and workshops as well that are kind of like group coaching settings where people are able to learn these things and, you know, find solutions amongst gifted peers as well, not just in the one-on-one. And for an adult who might be thinking like, this is something they can relate to as they're listening, is there a formal assessment that they do or what about on your website? Is that something that's helpful for them? Where, where can they get assessed? People can always get an IQ test, but that, again, that's only going to measure the intellectual giftedness. It's not going to measure anything else. So we like to do qualitative assessments, which measures the intellectual giftedness, but everything else that comes along with it. So also emotional giftedness, creative giftedness, and so on, all the different areas that you can be gifted. And also the challenges that come with it. So if gifted trauma is present, if there are twice exceptionalities present, which are, you know, like autism, ADHD, other neurodivergences, and it looks at the full, you know, the full scope of the cognitive profile so that it's not just like, okay, here's your number, you know, your, your 150 IQ. Okay. Good luck with your life. It's like, okay, here's how your complex profile is. And here's, here are your challenges. Here are your strengths. And here is a kind of a plan that we can lay out that helps you to embrace who you are and make the changes that are necessary for you to really thrive. Yeah, helpful feedback beyond just the number. That's so great. Where can our viewers find you? What is your website, uh, social media? Okay, so the website is Intergifted. There it is on the screen. And then social media, we're on all of the all the main ones, my TikTok. Great. So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And uh, on the website, there are, you know, we have our tabs for everything. So there's the assessments tab, there's the coaching, there's the courses, there's the community. And as well, we have a really rich blog. We have, I have a a podcast about gifted trauma. Uh, We have partner projects about gifted mindfulness, gifted specific mindfulness practice, and also like ecological awareness. So there's a lot where people can get really involved in different areas of interest, you know, as a gifted person within gifted community and with gifted specific support. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jennifer. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected. Please make sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram, and also make sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast so that others can discover our content as well. Thank you again for joining us in this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected.